Hi, I'm Casey. You're listening to You Heard Me Right, a podcast that brings people together through creativity, collaboration, and colorful conversation. On today's episode, we'll explore the possibility of a world where people have very limited control over their futures. Yikes. To recap how the show works, we give a writer a theme and they have two weeks to let that topic inspire a creative written response. That written piece is then given to two different audio artists who interpret the story using sound. After that, we all come together and discuss the creation process and the world we live in. The topic for today's show is Dealer's Choice. So a little behind the scenes rant. When I first emailed our guest writer to assign them this theme, I immediately thought, oh, snap, what if by dealer's choice, they think I meant for them to write about whatever they wanted? And I was going to message them back to clarify that's not what I meant. But then I was like, meh, we'll just see what happens. Stick around to hear what choices all of our guest artists made right after this. Introducing our guest writer, Taylor. Hello, I'm Taylor Green. I'm a writer of a few different facets, a copywriter, screenwriter, for fun journaler. Um, so when I first received the prompt, Dealer's Choice, it was definitely a difficult one because anything open-ended completely is difficult. But I gave it a couple days to ruminate when I was driving around. You know, I would listen to music and kind of let my thoughts go where they went. And then even when I started writing, it was kind of a free writing thing. I think I have an audio recording of probably the first 70% of this piece on my phone from when I was driving, just because I kind of had this really powerful, potent image that felt kind of raw and felt like I wanted to convey it in that kind of natural, raw, emotional place. Taylor's short story is entitled Easy Machine. The easy machine pulls himself over the last bodies of resistance, battered, half-destroyed. He takes a beat to look backward at the path taken, all the people that fell aside along the way. The easy machine was not regretful. The way was the only way, now that it was done. He looked down at his hands, blackened, carbon scoring, Organic matter ground into the joints, a muddy reflection showing something unrecognizable from what came before. The easy machine had never experienced a chicken sandwich, revved an engine for pleasure, fallen in love or lust, betrayed a friend. The easy machine was, maybe, the furthest thing from a person that walked on two legs. But that didn't mean he didn't love people in the way that he knew how. It didn't mean he didn't miss his favorite ones, now that they were gone. That he didn't see parts of himself in them, and they and he. And to his credit, he did experience, in that moment, standing on the rubble, two very human things. A swallow of guilt for those who sacrificed everything to clear his path after they saw that theirs was not possible. And turning forward, greeting impossible decision, one of the oldest emotions there is, 
realizing that your parent is not equipped to exist in the world that has become, and that it's your job to decide what of them will pass on and what will sink downward into the sea. At a time when many are contemplating the future implications of a global pandemic, the ongoing climate crisis, and the renewed calls for social justice in the streets, it is almost as if Taylor's written response is here to say, don't forget to worry about the impending robot wars. (laughs) Super awesome. (laughs) But like, it really is, though. The theme dealer's choice inspiring a little dystopian fiction is what this show is all about. Well, we plugged in our two audio artists by giving both of them a copy of The Easy Machine in order to continue the creative assembly line. First shift went to Jessica. Hi, uh, my name is Jessica DeMaria, and I am a writer, composer, and uh, actor-musician here in Atlanta. My understanding, or what I took from the piece, is that our time, our human time on Earth has ended. We, whether or not we created that, or whether it was an invasion, we were incapable of handling being alive on the planet anymore. So it all had this sense of, you know, that post-apocalyptic terror and horror, but the piece ended in such a profound way and with a sense of purpose, like this this artificially intelligent creature said, but I'm going to move forward either way. There was It wasn't the end. It was actually the end of something old and the beginning of something new. So it was really thrilling for me to, for me to write um, sort of like a baby score for a, for a sci-fi movie and with a great human presence in it. Jessica's composition is entitled The Last Hand.
The Haunting Drone and Scattered Cacophony of Voices in Jessica's Peace are making me feel so much better about the prospect of the fate of humanity being in the hands of our robot overlords. Let's keep this party going with our second audio artist, Preston. Hi, I'm Preston Goodson. I am the associate production manager at Georgia Ensemble Theater in Roswell, Georgia. I am a sound designer and engineer and just starting to move into composition. And, uh, you know, my design work, I really like blending, you know, digital and found sounds with, uh, you know, played instrumentation. I don't often have a chance to do that, but that's why I really like live musicals. I want to do more podcast work because it's, I think that's also a realm where I could, (laughs) you know, have some exciting design and, uh, you know, tonal stuff that I could do for for podcasts and things like that. That that sounds like a lot of fun. You know, um, I think some of the things that uh, I've been able to do because of this have been really cool. So, There it is. Preston's artistic response is called Man-Made Phoenix. Preston's sonic response has given me major retro sci-fi horror that I watch from between my fingers vibes, which begs the question, why are we so fascinated with movies and books and stories about super scary stuff that hasn't actually happened, but maybe could at some point? Perhaps we will explore this topic vicariously through our three guest artists when they are revealed to one another for the very first time. We'll be back. Greetings, humans. You have just heard all of the artistic responses to the theme, Dealer's Choice. Now, we recorded this and all episodes of the podcast during one of the most, I'm going to just go ahead and say it, unprecedented times in modern history, which made me wonder what the vibe at the treehouse, our outdoor recording space, was going to feel like when our three guest artists actually got together. 
Maybe it was the lovely weather or gorgeous natural soundscape, but things usually went a little differently than I expected. Enjoy the chat. Hi, Taylor and Jessica and also Preston. Taylor, what are your thoughts on the sonic compositions that were inspired by the Easy Machine? Um, first impression is those were both spot on in terms of the mood and the themes and stuff I was going for. I definitely, I probably should have kept my mind pure when I was writing, but I was definitely <laughs> had the cyberpunk like yeah. <laughs> ambience in the background when I was writing it. So I feel like, um, just from my perspective, I feel like Jessica's was a little bit more like hopeful, like it's like turning a mm -hmm. corner, you know, um, and Whereas yours, Preston, was almost like anticipatory. Like it's yeah. almost like the, mm -hmm. the hardest part is coming up, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I definitely, uh, for mine, you know, I wanted to end it sort of like it's a question mark. Because like, you know, the, the first image I got, especially because the theme was dealer's choice, I didn't, I, <laughs> I didn't actually take that as the writer should do whatever they want. I was like, Oh, this means like the actual phrase dealer's choice. So I was thinking, you know, combining that sort of, you know, gambling on what's to come, you mm -hmm. know, like, so I was gotcha. like, this is the best way forward. This is the best, you know, this is how whatever human culture is makes it beyond human culture, humanity dying. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, this is what I had to do, mom and dad. Um, and now I got to get up and walk forward. Is how I felt. Is how I felt that was supposed to go. So, mm -hmm. but I also felt like that's a lot was was in Jessica's too. Like I was like, yeah, I needed more of your stuff in my veins. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank really you. Good. No, no, I think because the end of your piece to me um, felt very much like um, who I imagine this like I was saying before this artificial intelligence that we as humans had created. He spends the whole piece wrestling with nostalgia and guilt simultaneously and then at the end of the piece it was sort of like a certainty about the choice that had been made and mm -hmm. from in, from my perception yeah. and and that certainty to me led to make the decision I think when you said more hopeful like we've turned mm -hmm. a corner mm -hmm. I think that sort of as a composer led me to make the decision like I'm going to choose to make what's coming next a positive from the perspective of this creature that this piece is centering around yeah. that they've made the decision they've said why they've made it and now it's about pushing forward which is also i think why what i wrote has a movement to it like a, a more of like a, a pace once it gets to the middle yeah. of it yeah absolutely yeah it's kind of like the whole idea of you know waffling or like indecision is always you know is frequently the wrong decision because mm. you know you need to move forward like making a decision and moving forward is is part of every day yeah you know yeah so you have to kind of make peace with that in some way yeah even if it's a catastrophic one right right, <laughs> right. especially if it's a catastrophic one <laughs> indeed <laughs> i think for me i'm feeling more hopeful than is respectful <laughs> to how people are dealing with the world right now like that, that's where i'm at. like i'm like i think like i i i'm optimistic but I know there's a lot of people who have a reason not to be right now, and I feel mm -hmm. like my optimism is an insult to them. <laughs> 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 it's like, you know, but yeah, I, that's sort of why I'm just like, 
I think, you know, especially like technology, you know, you know, the stuff that allows us to destroy ourselves either, either <laughs> as a society or even just physically, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like a background existential threat now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, like the fact that we could, we could entirely eliminate the planet right now, but, but we, we haven't. Yeah. You know, just like, you know, and, you know, that our existential threats are more social mm-hmm. yeah. uh, is, uh, you know, worth talking about. But, well, yeah, yeah, but, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, f- at least for me, is, you know, being inundated with technology every day, it's not really a choice anymore. If you want to exist and have in any sort of way right now, you, you've got to be getting on Zoom, you've got to be down with that, you've got to be down with FaceTiming and... Google Meets meetings and so on, it, it really, um, you know, it makes you notice how stark the difference is. Even today, us all being outside and hearing the, the birds and the acorns dropping around <laughs> us with um, the difference between, you know, how you feel when you're in the earth and you're doing something so human, like touching or speaking or listening to someone's voice cleanly without a delay. And, you know, I think, that, you know, those kind of things, how how that makes you feel as... Um, as a person and how precious that is. And, you know, it, it was really important for me to put that in the piece of music, which is why there's a human voice, you know, whispering the Lord's prayer in there. Mm-hmm. Cause that to me is just so just the simplest connection that I, I miss is the joy of hearing, you know, your voice naturally right next yeah. to me. You know what I mean? So I, I think, you know, I've always been fascinated by the idea that we're going to create the means of our own destruction and it's going to be flipping robots. Um, I really like, I'm, think I'm sticking to that theory. And so, and, 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 and what would we be missing then? You know, what, what, what are the actual things we'd be missing? Or would we be missing? Like if that's, yeah. if, that's if, those, if those robots are our children, then why aren't they our next generation. You know? Maybe, why, yeah. Why, why can't we see them like that? You know? Yeah, just because they're synthetic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, do we do we pass on our values or do we pass on our genes? You know, what yeah. part of that is really us? You know, But we need to get that going because otherwise all that's left is, you know, Chuck E. Cheese. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, Giant that, rat animatron? That, that is our... <laughs> That is what we get. That's that is what we leave to the earth. Chuck E. Cheese roaming the land, and those little kids from the old Baskin Robbins who are like, "Eat your ice cream." Give me a hug. The Hall of Presidents rules the land. <laughs> but I feel like the the most likely that we're moving towards is is just straight brave new world. You know, yeah. we're just all dosing mm-hmm. ourselves with. Yeah, oh, the wow. easy drug, yeah. you know, whatever it is, whether it's TV or food or, um, you know, or or social approval, you know, yeah. through digital channels, and uh, and there's just no like there's no easy way to stop, you know, mm-hmm. maybe when nobody admits that these things can be addictive or what they're doing to our brains or there's just too much profit motive and not turning them off. Yeah. Was that part of your reference in your piece, the easy button a little bit? Yeah, yeah. the easy machine, kind yeah. of that, like, like the, the, you know, shit rolls downhill, right. kind of like the path of least resistance mm-hmm. kind of thing. And there is a bottom, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a, a ground, you know, uh, a ground floor where you, you hit it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm thinking, like, 
Wally without the end. <laughs> you know, like that's what you know. We're heading towards. We're basically on that cruise ship. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 also you know, President Fred Willard saying, "Hey, everybody, buy this stuff," and then whoops, got to get on the ship. Yeah. You know, sort of, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, you know, so. we're all in hover chairs, like. <laughs> Basically, two months from now. <laughs> I know, really. We're like living the hover chair. Oh my God. You know, for me, art is a safe space to really talk about, you know, not just like, you know, political stuff or identity, but it's a place to talk about really serious things that are, ta- you know, they're not really taboo, but we just don't talk about them. Like, mm. you know, we don't talk about what happens if the society fails. We don't talk about, I mean, even like, what happens when we die? How many of us know how funerals work until we have to actually manage one? <laughs> like yeah. until we actually yeah. have to manage one, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's a great micro within the macro situation. Yeah, and so and so it's it's just the frame where we can actually put some of these thoughts that we consider dark but shouldn't be. We just these we should be free to think about these things, mm-hmm. and this is how we're free to think about these things. This is the method we're free to think mm-hmm. about these things. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, there's, I think there's a couple things happening at once. I think, like, a lot of TV media stuff has kind of flattened everything, Mm. you know? Like, novels and stuff like that used to kind of have that deep, deep characterization, where now we kind of have the more superhero-y caricature-type, like, moving parts. But at the same time, you know, so that's kind of, like, flattening artistic expression a little bit. But at the same time, we have the internet, which is, like, the most kind of freeform, open-ended, different avenues of media that you can express yourself in and avenues for artists to connect with the audience, you know? So it's, I feel like it's kind of pulling in two different directions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? No, I think, I think you're exactly right. I mean, it's, it's going, uh, you know, I was originally going to talk about how, <laughs> um, you know, theater and art, you know, its origins are in education and historical record, um, civic activism. That's why it began. It's like a way to make uncomf- the uncomfortable more palatable, a way to spread message, spread word. And so as a, as a creator myself, it's been really important for me, especially over this time, to reconnect my work with activism and engagement and education as opposed to like what I had been doing which was like hustling by to be like do my fair lady again you know whatever <laughs> I'm not I don't want to diminish the value of like hi I exist just to simply bring joy to a populace that that mm-hmm. also has sincere value but what you just said about um, the the art creative market sort of like pulling in two different directions you know one of the things that's so great about TikTok and the internet mm-hmm. is that it shows that everybody, everybody has it within them to be creative. Um, and no, not everybody's going to create what we would necessarily term high art or acclaimed art. But the ability to use your imagination and create something that can engage beyond your own personal sphere is so powerful and such an amazing tool of keeping us all connected together. And um, I don't really know where I'm going with that, but I think it's just, you know, right now there are so many of us that are in the creative sphere going like, oh, God, what's the point? Like, when are we even going to be able to come back? Like, just flip, you know, forget it. But like, that's the point. The point is to connect and remain connected in 
something that feels alive and energetic and constantly moving to engage your mind to expand its abilities. Mm-hmm. Well, this has truly been an expansive experience because you all created some of the darkest artistic responses and ended up being some of the goofiest people. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week when a spiritual intuitive, theatrical sound designer, and audio entrepreneur will show you what they have hiding up their sleeves. Blink and you'll miss it. We'll hear you later. You Heard Me Right is a Spotify Sound Up original series and was workshopped as part of the Sound Up Accelerator program at Spotify headquarters in New York City. From Could Be Pretty Cool Productions, this episode was produced and edited by Casey Willis with help from Cooper Skinner and Jacob McCoy. Mixing and sound design by Cooper Skinner. Our executive producers are Casey Willis, Cooper Skinner, and Lexi McKay. Our writer and story editor is Caroline Baxter, and our production accountant is Simone Brown. Special thanks to Greg at Listen Up Audio, Kanye Willis, Remy, and Bima. From Spotify, executive producers Gina Delvac, Baron Farmer, Natalie Taluk, and Jane Zumwalt. For more information about today's guest artists, visit us at herdrightpod.com or follow us on IG at Herd Right Pod. Thanks for listening. 